This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in, you Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Why does Comcast Business power more businesses than any other provider? It has technology solutions that put you ahead, like the fastest reliable network and serious savings. Ask how to get a $500 prepaid card with a qualifying gig bundle. Offer ends 10 22 Restrictions supply. Call for details. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening, or rather watching, The Red Report. I'm Chris Ridgard. Alongside me is my Dutch friend and partner in crime, something like that, Calvin the Watering. How are we doing? Yeah, right. um, Chris, may I be the first one on camera to say happy birthday for today. How old today? Oh, thank you. I'm 32 today, so... Oh. Oh, that's yeah. that's not bad. I thought you were a little older, to be fair. So that's uh, good. That's good. <laughs> that's been that's been a friend with you, mate. I've started looking <laughs> home these past two years. So uh, yeah. Also with Carlo, we have uh, a man who had great success in South Yorkshire uh, before moving to Leeds, and he now works at BBC Look North. Rob Staten. Hey guys, how's it going? I thought you were going to introduce our other guest. What a wonderful introduction that was. No worries, buddy. Also, we have Paul Eckenbottom, former promotion winning player uh, and, of course, promotion winning manager. Uh, Wembley, twi- Wembley twice, dream manager as well. Paul Eckenbottom. You all right, Paul? Thanks for joining yeah, us. Good, thanks, gents. No problem. Hope you're all well. Yeah, good mate. Yeah, you're looking well. We're all looking well. I, I would, I would say the sun's been very nice to us. We all look better tan. No? I'm just desperate, just desperate for an haircut, me. That's all. I keep sitting like this so you don't see too much. <laughs> we'll make a, we'll make a start. Um, we'll just talk. We might as well go straight into it. Massive win for Barnsley last weekend. Uh, QPR nil. Uh, Barnsley won. Uh, Paul, we'll start with yourself. Thoughts on that big result? Uh, straight back into it and, and and hit the ground running, Barnsley. Yeah, and I think it's got everyone excited again. Uh, if you'd have asked me before that game, I'd have said Barnsley's chances were slim, but with the other results as well, there's sort of six or seven teams all all in and around it, and put, we've put pressure now on on everyone else, really. You look at Middlesbrough making a management change off the back of the results and things like that, so it shows that there's a lot of teams uh, panicking over the position in the league, and momentum's key and to get that that first win in the first game it's really put a cat among the pigeons like now for the running so it was it was vital really yeah Rob did you did you see that coming did anybody see it coming other than Gerhard Struber yeah do you know what yeah I did because Struber's been so positive during the lockdown you know when we talked to him he's been really upbeat and then it's been great speaking to players like Alex Moa and Corley Woodrow and they've been really positive and upbeat as well so I do think there was a, actually a, a lot that was settled at Barnsley. When you look at teams like, just an example, Hull City, there's an awful lot going on there. Middlesbrough has sacked the manager and, and made a change this week. Huddersfield have not started with any momentum. I think that actually the, the preparation that Barnsley have had and the upbeat positivity from the manager, which has really gone down to the players, 
I fancied them to beat QPR, and, and QPR had a lot of injuries in that game as well. And it's a good start for them to try and move out of this bottom three, and, and who knows what's going to happen with points deductions for other teams, and, and they'll give themselves you know, a real chance of staying up. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed there will be point deductions. <laughs> Carlo, um, just a fan's perspective, really. Uh, how happy were you? How many beers did you have? Uh, what time did you go to bed? <laughs> a bit personal, isn't it? Um, no, I think prior to this, uh, obviously, first of all, you were hoping football was going to come back in some way, shape or form. And I think the majority of Barnsley fans have said that if we go down, then we need to go down because we haven't got enough points, not because of some algorithm said that we wouldn't have had enough points. Um, yeah, you, you, you look for the positives, don't you? You look for clubs like um, like Rob, you look for clubs like Hull that are excluding certain media people. Uh, you look at the clubs like Middlesbrough who are um, panic or not, but get rid of one manager and bring another one in. You look at other clubs where players saying, "I'm not going to play," and then you look at Barnsley that seem to be a settled squad and definitely a young squad. And when you've got eight games coming in the space of what three weeks or so, um, so. To get that win, and not just an away win, I think even probably more motivation because it's 70 years since since we won there. So to do it in, under those circumstances <laughs> fills us with even more hope than we had before uh, we resumed the season. Yeah, um, brilliant. Yeah, we'll move on to the next bit. Um, just uh, just uh, one minute. Uh, Paul, just for yourself, really. Uh, there's no injuries. It's going to be the same team uh, played before. Elliot Simo is, is fit, despite having to come off the pitch. Um, and obviously, Brad Collins is now also available. Would you be looking at changing that squad or would you be trying to keep it same? Um, I don't know, winning squad, do you, you change something that's winning? No, I mean, you, you see how everyone's done in training and, and first game back after a big layoff, who's, who's suffered as anyone suffered? But Carlo mentioned the youth in the squad's a good thing, without a doubt. Um, you wouldn't want to be making changes with momentum. The, the clean sheets are a big thing for me. That, that, that's that been the biggest change, you know. If you look at how Barnsley start the season, it, it was goals against, goals against, goals against. And then going on a good run, but then what scuppered the good run? Just still individual mistakes when you're looking really strong in a game and things like that. So the clean sheets are, are vital for me. For, for a team like Barnsley, when you're young, you can show that resilience and you know how to keep clean sheets. First and foremost, you're guaranteed a point, but, but the bigger picture for me is there's, there's belief there and there's, there's a lot of learning gone off during this season um, if, if, you, if you're stopping making mistakes and keeping clean sheets. So, for that reason, I don't think you'd be looking to make any changes. That's interesting, yeah. You, you kind of, as, a, as a football fan, you always think about scoring goals. When, you win games by scoring goals, but yeah, I suppose we did concede quite a lot. We need a lot, obviously, to beat QPR last time. We had to win 5-3. Yeah. Yeah, Barnes' problem, whenever you watch them, even to a certain extent going up, but certainly in the Championship, and, and every game out, Barnes were a nightmare to play against. They did give teams problems, their energy, they're just the willingness to run, they took risks, so they'd be horrible to play against, but you've always got chances. You've always got chances. So regardless if Barnes had been good for 80 minutes, they'd concede two goals and they needed to score three to win. Yeah. You know, that, that was the biggest thing that needed to change during the season. And, and for me, they've, they've done it. Certainly, if you're looking at trends, they've got much, much better in that area and it's given them a chance. Yeah. Uh, Carlo, can you see Brad Collins uh, dislodging uh, Jack Walton, given Jack Walton's wonderful performance? Uh, another clean sheet, back-to-back -back clean sheets for him, even though it was a big gap in between them. It's hard, isn't it? Because um, as, as a fan, which is all that we are, 
um, you'd say, well, no, Jack Walton's on okay, hasn't he? He's had a bit of a nightmare season when we almost started with three keepers. Well, we brought two keepers in, didn't we? Obviously, Radlinger came in. Um, we brought Brad Collins in. There was never really a, a number one, either through injury or mistakes. He kept swapping and changing. And to me, Jack Walton, um, that save towards him. When he was called upon, he did what he needed to do. So to me, you, you keep him in goal and therefore you try and get a 10 a tenth more of a percent out of Brad Collins to try and be better than Jack Walton and just make that position stronger for us. Of course. Of course. Uh, Rob, the return list uh, has been released uh, this week, which is very strange. It's a very strange time in terms of it's the normal time that it would be released. However, it's mid-season to a certain degree. Um, obviously, Dougal's leaving. Radlinger's leaving. Um, although it's sad that those players are going, which surely Barnes are in a much better position than previous teams that we've mentioned that may be losing four or five key players. Would you argue that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. You know, there are teams that are losing really important players. And, you know, it'd be interesting to hear what Paul thinks about this because, I, you know, imagine being, you know, in the running, let's say it's March, April time, and then all of a sudden you lose a couple of key players. I can't imagine what that must be like as a manager and you've got no means to go out and sign anybody else. You're going to have a whole bunch of players after this weekend who are just waiting for a transfer open and not really knowing what their futures are going to hold. You're going to have managers and, and staff who are kind of planning without knowing what division they're going to be in next season as well. So it's, really, it's a really awkward time for football clubs. And from a manager's point of view, I can't imagine what it'd be like if you have a player for this weekend's game and then you're playing, you know, have got a really quick turnaround, you play again in midweek, you play again on the Saturday and all of a sudden your squad's weaker than it was, you know, just a couple of games ago. Yeah, Paul, we'll ask you about that. We'll talk about the return list and the comings and goings of players and, and transfer markets and things like that. It's an absolute merry-go-round, and for it to happen at this time of year, that's, that, that's going to be difficult. It's just carnage, is it not, as a manager? Yeah, it's strange because there's still games to be going on, but the, the retainer says that, so if, if a player's made a see if he's got a chance, I'm, I'm using Lyle Taylor as an example, got a chance to get a move, you know, contracts up, chance to get a move. He's made that decision to be going anyway. So it's about it, he's not there. And, like, and then you've got clubs like Barnsley, who their retainers come out and it's the players who they don't want to keep who's going, you know. So that's no issue either. You, it made your squad smaller because you, you're going to be using players who aren't necessarily would have been in your 18. But, but that's the only difference. And then in terms of the time frame from the end of this season to the start of the next, it's just like being in a playoff final. You know, yeah. so, yeah, it might be abnormal, but you have to deal with it. You know, if you give anyone a chance to play in a playoff final, then have a four-week turnaround, they snap your hand off. Yeah. And you don't know what division you're going to be in then and blah, 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 you might lose. So when we went up that time, uh, of the 20-man squad we took, 12 had gone by the end of the window. You know, yeah. so we only had eight of that 20 left after that window. So we had to do some business there. Do you get what I mean? So, but we wouldn't have changed it. We wouldn't have changed anything. So you have, you have just got to get on with it. And, you know, I think you mentioned about positivity coming out. We're all well as a manager. If they're going to sit and moan about it, they're already behind that. So it's there. You deal with it. And it's how good your planning is then as to, to how good you are next season. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carlo, you watched the game Saturday, albeit not where you'd like to be watching it. <laughs> um, I just wonder what your thoughts were on uh, having 11 players on the pitch, but effectively nine subs, uh, able to make five. I'm allowed to believe you only use four. Uh, um, 
I just wonder what you, what you take on that. I thought like he, he used the subs not just to get freshness on, but I think he timed them well just to control the game. Would, would that be a fair thing to say? Yeah, I, mean, I think so. Um, like all fans, you see the line-up and... Um, you know, you think, oh, that's a bit strange. Um, not to the extreme where some people are calling for the manager's heads because there's two players in that haven't played for a while. I mean, you know, he's seen these <laughs> players, so he, you know, we trust his decision. And take Romo Palmer, for instance. You know, he's done really well for the under-23. He's obviously coming through. He's come back after lockdown. And, um, yeah, it, it's not nice to see somebody like Kenny Ken Dougal leave. But you look who Barnsley have got that is regularly playing. Apo Halmer can play in that position. Moworth can play in that position. I'm pretty sure Romo Palmer can play in that position. So... Um, Toby Civic has played so there is plenty of options there so on the retain list I think that's just emotional players you got used to you like as people you like their air whatever they move on um, there's, only, there's only a few and when's the last time any of these actually played 90 minutes um, it's just weird it's weird watching it when I follow it is weird hearing stadium noise that's quite generic um, but whenever we get three points I ain't complaining Chris <laughs> Uh, Rob, uh, obviously the line was seven points. The survival line was seven points away uh, beginning of last weekend. It's now down to four points. You've talked about positivity coming out. Well, you can feel it off Gerhard Struber. That can only add to that, can't it? It's a much more achievable goal now, isn't it? Yeah, things just seem settled, as I mentioned. You know, when you look at Barnsley and the Met, everyone's saying the same thing. You know, everybody's pretty upbeat about everything. And then Take Hull, for example. I mean, they're, they're banning the local newspaper from, from attending the press conferences in the stadium. You know, they've sold players. They've lost, they've lost a whole bunch of key players. You know, you were talking about the retain list there. Hull have lost three or four starters um, who are just not going to be part of this team going forward. It's a really difficult job for Grant McCann at, at Hull City. Who knows what Neil Warnock... I mean, generally Neil Warnock comes in and has an impact. and He's, he's kept Rotherham up in, in a similar circumstance, but you know, that's been a very difficult job, Middlesbrough, hasn't it, for a few years. So let's see what happens there. Huddersfield have gone down from the Premier League and they've got a new manager. They've not started well. You know, we've seen it before, haven't we? Teams who come down from the Premier League and then they get sucked down again. So if Barnsley can just keep going, keep getting a few results, it's a big game this weekend, but it's a winnable game. If they can get a little run to go here and, and like you say, seven points is down to four. Who knows what's going to happen with the CFL charge with Sheffield Wednesday? You know, there's, there's all talks. You know, could it be nine points? Could it be even, you know, like, like 20 points or something like that? That hearing result will come out soon. We'll know the situation with that. That could also improve Barnsley's situation. So um, there's a lot of things at the moment that are, that are good. We also know things can change pretty quick. We get a result against Millwall and try and uh, build some momentum in these first few games. Yeah. Chris, yeah. Chris. Uh, Sorry, yes, can I just ask Paul? Paul, as fans, a lot of fans are saying, um, we've got a crucial week coming up, haven't we, where we play a lot of those teams that are in or around us. We play Luton, Stoke and Wigan, I believe, in sort of like in the space of, what, a week and a half. I know you can't say what Gerard Struber would be doing, but, but as a coach, do you literally take it at this moment in time just a match at a time? Or do you think in your head, if, if we can take, you know, if we can get four points before we start this crucial running, we put ourselves in a good position? Or is that, is that fan stalk? As a coach, do you just say, we take this match and then on to the next one? Yeah, match at a time, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? I mean, I've spoke to, to a lot of my mates and you're looking where you're going to get results, but I guarantee you no one will get it right, you know? So you have to try and win every game. You, you've got to. Yeah. Um, how many would have given us three points away at QPR? Maybe the Diads, the more hopeful ones. <laughs> or the drunk ones, yeah. 
because what I think games like we just spoke about. So just take the get the points in the bag as early as possible. Two reasons: you're allowed then to slip because you're not going to win every game. But the biggest one is it puts more pressure on the teams above you. You know, while ever they're not feeling that pressure, their games are that much easier. If this gaps one point after this weekend, phew, I tell you what, their games become vital and, and sort of the pressure's off Barnsley a little bit because you've got nothing to lose. Yeah, it's interesting to mention pressure there. And we'll just talk to the allegation line with Rob. Uh, Gerhard Struber um, called it the pressure zone. Um, is there a way that you've described it any better than that, Paul? Um, and I guess my other question is, how do you manage that pressure zone? What, what kind of techniques or man, man management is, would you use in that situation? Uh, I don't know. That, down there, I've not had, had that like relegation battle, but in terms of pressure, like so big games, I remember when we were chasing the promotion and then uh, big games in, in the championship sort of took care of themselves, but chasing the promotion, we sort of built the games up because at the end of the day, you want to play in big games. You, you want to be winning big games, so it's pointless trying to play them down. Um, for the benefit of your club, for the benefit of yourself, for the benefit of the players in the long run, you want to be able to deal with them. So I think getting the practice in dealing with those big games is vital. But the big thing's confidence. If it's the right things, but then acting and panicking when a player makes a mistake the first time he touches the ball, you're sending mixed messages. So you have got to act in a way that, that backs up what you're saying. You know, um, yeah. and especially when you've got a young team, you've got to give them that belief, give them everything, accept they're going to make mistakes. But no, they're going to keep trying and, and display that energy so long as you're showing that belief in them. Yeah, that's uh, interesting insight. Um, Caro, home advantage Saturday. Is that a thing? Is, is that a well, thing? It's, I've, it's, I've, seen, I've seen the Denap. Apparently there's an app. Yes, yeah. Um, it's a question I asked uh, Gerard Strube in the press conference yesterday. How can you make home advantage count? Um, it's, it's really strange, besides the fact that they'll be used to the dressing room where they've obviously got, you know, everything sorted how they want. I don't know. Um, I, I sometimes think, and Paul will probably agree with this, probably Rob as well, um, it's not easy sometimes being a Barnsley player, because even, even when you're on top of there, if you miss a chance, fans soon get it back on you. And I think a, a young squad like this, Maybe it's, 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 it's in our favour that if we do make that mistake, 12,000 people don't start booing and, 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 you know, and whistling and everything else. So um, um, maybe, maybe this can play in our favour. I honestly, you know, I never thought coronavirus would do anything beneficial to us, but I honestly think in the position we find ourselves, um, maybe not having that pressure from the 12th man, who are all very expectant that we can fight our way out of this, but that's easy, isn't it? Setting the Pontiander or in the West Stand with your season ticket that you run up while it's raining, saying, oh, we can do this, because ultimately, it's, you know, it's one of the youngest squad. I think the talent's there. I think the right management's in place. And maybe not having 12,000 players, uh, you know, so-called players on your back um, could, could, could be an advantage. So not a real home advantage, no, but it didn't stop us at QPR, did it? No, it's a very valid point. It didn't. Uh, Rob, we've, we've talked about the ins and outs of players previously. Uh, this week, again, a new rule has been introduced where uh, players returning on loan are now available and, and can be used. I just wanted your thoughts on that. Uh, the thoughts on changing rules around substitutions and, uh, and allowing players that have already been out on loan. Is it a new competition? Uh, is it the one that we started with? And how do you see that playing out over the next coming weeks, particularly for Barnsley? Yeah, I mean, everything's really different, isn't it? When you, when you watch the games on the TV at the moment, you know, you get these stoppages after 22 and a half minutes and that kind of, you know, the, the tempo of a lot of these games is not there already because it's like a season restart again and then you, you kind of suck the life out of games sometimes with the breaks and then you get in all these 
substitutions, as you mentioned, their loan players are coming back. But, you know, I think on the loan thing specifically, they had to do it. I mean, if a player comes back, um, if a player comes back and then, you know, is he going to be waiting for, you know, however long to play? And if teams are losing players and they can maybe bring some of these guys back into their squads, it's good. And in the case of, you know, Barnes, they're not going to be relying on anybody coming back now from loan to, to really help them out. It's going to be up to the players who are already in the squad. But, you know, a few extra numbers there to, to, to bolster the, the roster between now and the end of the eight, it can only help. Carlo, can you see George Miller playing a part or maybe Toby Sibic? Uh, I can be one thing for sure. Malik Wilkes won't. He was very, very clear about that in the press conference when asked if there was a role. He did say there would be training, but I think his words were something like, uh, for Malik Wilkes, there'll be no episode, or in other words, he's not. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I honestly think that, that you know, the, the, the squad we took down uh, to QPR on Saturday is probably, um, you know, the, the best option that we've got. And I don't think you want to unsettle something with players that have been at other clubs uh, to try and then, and then bring them in. So I don't think he will, no. You read my mind there. The last question uh, is to Paul just before we, we move on to predictions, Paul. Would you be looking to bring players back in that have come off the I mean, obviously, it's a boost in numbers. You might need a few bodies in there. You might be civic to replace Dougal in defensive midfield at some point. But surely you don't want to, you know, unbalance that dressing room if you've just, if you've just got it. Yeah, and if, if, the, if the squad's performing well and, and the balance is there, keep it. But you're going to want to look at them players and... and and you've got to judge them and their character. Because if they're going to add something to your squad, if they're going to help benefit you in training and benefit competition, so long as their application's there, then, then you use them. But if they've been told that they're surplus to requirements, it's pointless. Pointless because there's nothing worse or, or there's nothing more detrimental to the environment than like a non-motivated player or, or anything like that. You need to just get rid. So be looking at that. If, if someone's going to add value, we'll keep them involved. If they're not, if you've already mentioned Malik, they'll be on the way. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, and we'll move on to predictions uh, before we wrap up. Carlo, I just want to let you know, I got last week's prediction right. I said 1-0. I didn't get scorer, but I did get the score, so I'll take it. Can I, can I have that one? Yeah, come on, I'll let you have that one. <laughs> often you, you get Carlo. something right, so, you know. Carlo, score and scorers. Um, well, just to say that after this, when we've uploaded it, we interviewed Coley Woodrow yesterday. He, he did his own prediction. So whilst I won't give anything away, um, I'll go for my favourite score, which is 3-1 to Barnsley, and I'll back Coley Woodrow to back the first one. Sounds wonderful. Rob, yourself? Yeah, you know, Coley Woodrow's a top bloke, so I look forward to listening to that. Um, yeah, I think 2-1 to Barnsley and, and uh, two wins in a row to, to restart. Rob, you'll do for me. You can come back <laughs> on any time. Oh. Is it me? Yeah. Yes, Paul. Yes, well, whilst two wins in a row will be unbelievable, I think it's going to be really, really tough. I'm going to go for 2-2. Two, two. So, if you want I me like... That. If it's heart ruling my head, I'd say Barnsley win, obviously, but I think there's going to be goals in it and I think it's such a tough, tough game that with off the back of that win, as a fan looking, looking now... I mean, not to lose and keep the momentum's vital because I think it's going to be such a tough yeah. game. So, 2-2. Two, two. Brilliant. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, well, it's a point. I guess momentum keeps going. Matt, because you're outvoted on this one, Paul. Barnes is going to win. It's, it's 3-1. So, <laughs> uh, Carlo. Yes. Carlo, thank you very much for joining us on our podcast. It's wonderful yes. to see you, as always. Don't forget, Chris, I'll be Zooming you at five o'clock for a little birthday surprise. So, yeah, don't no get problem. too drunk. You're keeping your clothes on, that's fine. Rob, yes, I am. Thank you fan. very much for joining us. Uh, it's great to see you. Please come back on at some point soon. Thanks, guys. All the best. And Paul, very much. Uh, great to have you here. Uh, great in.
insight, we're sharing your knowledge with us and uh, all the best uh, through the summer with, uh, with tutoring children, uh, <laughs> which I'm sure is in your skill set, no doubt. Please come back on at some point soon, Paul. No problem. Thanks, fellas, and happy birthday, mate. Have a good, have a good thank, evening. Thank you very much, Paul. That's really appreciated. See you later, everybody. Thanks for watching. No worries. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I'm Chris Ridger. Chris Ridger, this is the Reds Report, all rolled into one. I'm rushing that much. <laughs> this is Carlo van der Watering. Also alongside us, we have super striker, Coy Woodrow. You all right, Coy? Yeah, good, mate. You? Yeah, good. Nice to see you. It's been a while. Carlo, we've got Coy on the show. We've got lots to ask him. Uh, yes. I guess, first and foremost, we'll talk about your new position that you've been playing uh, under Gerhard Struber. How difficult have you found that transition? And, and, and is there a lot of skill sets that have, have, have helped you be able to, I don't know, take up that role, so to speak? Um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously, it's, it's, it's a little bit new to me. I've played it before, sort of previously, when I was at other clubs and when I was at Fulham and stuff, I did, I did play in that 10 role. But in this formation, I've never played it in this formation before. And once I, once I uh, signed for Barnsley, I'd only ever played as a nine. Um, and then when the when the manager come in, he sort of first training session put me straight into the ten position behind the strikers, and I was a little bit sort of I, I was unsure what why, but um, I've been honestly uh, really happy with with how I've fitted in there. I think I've I've learned a lot, uh, and the manager's definitely taught me a lot about the position. Um, it's something that he the, the formation and the position he he's used a lot at other clubs, so um, he's taught me a lot in terms of me playing there, and and I've. I've really enjoyed it, and I think it's been it's had a positive impact on the team um, in in terms of the whole formation of what the manager wants to play. And I think it's, it's speaking for myself, it's probably got got the best out of me um, playing in that position. So I've enjoyed it. Yeah. And on the match day, Ogwell, uh, lots and lots of fans with the number nine and Woodrow on the back of the shirt. When you were uh, a little nipper, let's say, uh, who's what player shirt were you? What, you know, who, who was your idol? What player did you look up to thinking, I want to be like him? Um, to be fair, I, I, I sort of, I liked, I liked Beckham as a kid. I mean, I weren't, obviously I don't play like him or he wasn't my position, but I liked him. But um, I also also used to support Arsenal when I was, when I was younger. So um, I sort of used to watch Thierry Henry and, and Dennis Bergkamp players like that. Um, there's no real player I've sort of picked and said I want to be like, but there's definitely players that I've enjoyed watching over the years. Like I say, Omri, Burkamps, Fernando Torres when he was playing really well, and and yeah, so players like that, and just any any good striker. Even now, Harry Kane. I mean, I enjoy watching him and and, and sort of and, and learning off them types of players. Yeah, yeah um, you had to mention a Dutch player, didn't you, Carly? Thanks for that. <laughs> Um, you, mentioned Beckham. you mentioned Beckham. He's uh, he's renowned for scoring wonderful free kicks from outside the box. Just run a stat past you here, Cole. Out of your 34 goals for Barnsley, seven of those have been outside the box. That's uh, greater than 20%. I'm just wondering why you don't take free kicks or why you're not knocking somebody off the ball for free kick because you really have got the ability to score from outside the box. Yeah, to be fair, I have actually scored a few, few free kicks as well. Um, in my career, but um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. I mean, Alex, Alex tends to take him. I know he's got a nice left foot. Um, I think probably it's a couple of took for Barnsley have probably gone in row, row Z. That's probably why no one's ever given me another <laughs> you chance. Don't but... go, you don't get another go. You don't get another go. But yeah, no, it's probably it's probably definitely something I should I should maybe take the ball next time. I'll tell you what. On Saturday, if we get a free kick, I'll ask Alex if I can take it. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, another stat I've got for you before we'll go back to Carlo. 
uh, 25 of your goals, so 25 out of 34, have all been with your first touch. I don't know if you're aware of that. That's 75% of your goals are with your first touch. Is that something you work on? Is that, is that a mindset? Is that just, uh, as Alex, when we interviewed Alex, he said it's a shoot-on-sight mindset that you've got. Um, is it purposeful? Is it just circumstantial? Is it to catch the no. goalie off guard? No, it's, def it's definitely purposeful. I think it's something that I've worked on since obviously being a kid um, in terms of being a striker. You need to be able to finish first time. It's simple as that. You, you only get a split second in a game and you need to be ready for that for that chance when it does come. And I remember that start. That start. I think in League One, I think I only scored one goal with taking two touches or whatever it was. So, um, yeah, no, it's definitely something I've worked on. Like, like Alex said, I, I do tend to... <laughs> If I if I do get a chance, I mean, if even if you just see a see a, a split opening, I do like to take a shot. I mean, I think that's that's the main thing for a striker. You got to try and catch people off guard, catch keepers off guard and stuff. And and yeah, I, I do sort of if if I get an opportunity to shoot, I, I don't turn it down. So, um, but in terms of yeah, my one touch finishing is definitely something I worked on. I work on it in training all the time. It's really important for a striker to get a little bit of space in the box and and be able to finish quickly. So um, yeah, it's something I work on. And we, we spoke to Alex Moritz a couple of, a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago, and he was saying that during the lockdown, um, he spent a lot of time on his, I think it was his Xbox or his PlayStation, and, and as a bit of a sideline, he started baking. Um, any new skills you developed over the, over the lockdown period? Um, I, I did actually make a couple of cheesecakes and that, that I've never, ever made before in my life. <laughs> there was a, there's a company on, on Instagram, they make cheesecakes and stuff. I thought I'd give it a go, and I ended up, making a couple um, and they weren't too bad actually so yeah I'd probably say that um, yeah I, put, I did did make a couple of cheesecakes and I never ever would have done that before so that's, that's uh, very good and before I hand over to Chris I also have to say that we did some quick fire questions with um, with Alex Morwith and one of them was um, um, if, if you had to go into the jungle uh, you know the uh, Bear grill sort of series that ultimate survival uh, with one of your fellow players who wouldn't you take and and Unfortunately, he said he wouldn't go in with you because you're you're scared of everything. And if you had to pick, if you had to pick somebody to go into the jungle to be a like a survival king kind of thing, what what player would you choose? I'd have to say Al now because I just let him do do everything. I? I let him back. Yeah, I let him do everything. Alex, I'll, I'll probably go for Alex. I mean, there's probably there's a few things I probably can't say what he does on on this camera, but yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a strange, strange boy. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely take him out there. Uh, final question for myself, a uh, bit more football related. Sorry to be boring. Um, you've played under, I'm led to believe, Phil Brown, Nigel Clough, Lee Johnson, Stendhal, Murray, and of course now Gerhard. Is there one piece of advice that any of those uh, managers have given you? that sticks in your head a little bit. We asked Alex about this and he said um, his previous manager at Leeds uh, phoned him when he was on his way to Barnsley and the advice that he paid him has stuck in his head since then. I just wondered if, if there's anything that, you know, ticks over in your brain quite often. Um, I'm not too sure. I've learned a lot over the years. Um, there's nothing really that probably massively sticks out, but I think in terms of, in terms of probably this season, Playing like we said earlier in a new position, learning new things. Um, there's there's millions of things I could say now, but I think the manager is like I said earlier, he's massive on sort of positional play. And for me as a striker, I wouldn't. I'm normally just thinking about scoring goals or yeah. sort of not really defending things like that. Um, whereas this season, 
I've definitely sort of found a different side to my game where I've had to, in that 10 position, uh, sort of defend more and and be sort of the other side of, of the ball, uh, well, the, the, the yeah. opposition attacking, attacking towards me. So definitely in terms of that, I think just the defensive side of the game and positions to be in, what the manager has taught me and, and places to be and, and yeah, just little tricks and stuff to to sort of um, help me in that position. So I'd probably I say, I don't really know, I can't really put my finger on what yeah. it definitely would be, but there's lots of different things. I guess that comes down to being open and, and being adaptable, <laughs> isn't it? To, to learning new skills. So we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, Corley, first of all, thank you very, very much for joining us um, on the Retro Report today. Obviously, we can't be there, um, but as the club's been, been saying, hopefully our noises through the app will sound through the sound system at Oakwell as you bang that first one in. And whilst we're not there uh, in body, we will be side by side for these last eight games. And with you and the boys, nothing but the best of luck. Brilliant. Thank you very Thanks much for joining us, Corley. I really appreciate your time. All the best. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Corley. Appreciate thank you. It. Why does Comcast Business power more businesses than any other provider? It has technology solutions that put you ahead, like the fastest reliable network and serious savings. Ask how to get a $500 prepaid card with a qualifying gig bundle. Offer ends 10 Restrict and supply. Call for details. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McDonald's share boxes ready to go. Ian's already got booked for double dipping, and Steve has stolen the last nugget. You're snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. UN, UREDS, at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The TalkSport Fan Network. The ultimate on demand destination for the UK's best fan led football podcasts. Want barnstorming Barnsley insight, analysis, and opinion? Follow the Reds Report podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Search TalkSport Fan Network.